If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, Laura Party listeners, and Michael here. Uh, just a quick heads up, uh, this will be a different kind of minigame episode, as I will not be talking about one game specifically, and will instead be talking about the developer Telltale Games in light of their recent closure. Uh, I'll go back to the usual format in the next episode. So thanks for listening. We are gathered here today on this podcast to celebrate the life of Telltale Games, One of the few developers who believed that video games can be a perfect medium for telling stories, alongside books, movies, and television. We are not gathered here to talk about the company's mismanagement and reports of high turnover, poor working conditions, 50-plus hour work weeks, constant crunch, or alleged mismanagement of finances. Those stories are best left to other news sites and at least one pending lawsuit from a former employee. We are here to talk about the wonderful characters and stories those employees told, and the legacy they leave behind. Telltale Games was formed back in October 2004 by a group of ex-LucasArts employees who wanted to revive the adventure game after the genre died in the late 1990s due to an influx of mediocre products flooding the market and later the bargain bins. Many of those games abandoned LucasArts' philosophies of story and character-driven games and decided to follow in the steps of the Myst series and be filled to the brim with obtuse, nonsensical puzzles. Those who formed Telltale Games wanted to go back to their roots. Shortly after releasing a mediocre poker game in 2005, Telltale released Bone out of Boneville, a game that would cement the Telltale style of games for the next decade and a half. Bone was an episodic story-driven adventure title based off the comic series of the same name. The game itself was criticized at the time for being fairly unremarkable, but in hindsight you see many of the same traits that critics now bring Telltale praise. Puzzles were simple and sidelined in favor of its story and characters. Its interface was simplified in order to reach a wider audience, and the game was structured into episodes so that the content was more digestible and felt more like a show than a traditional game. Telltale spent the next six years working on what is basically that same formula. Take a pre-existing license, write a mildly amusing story, and then build a game around that story. They worked with licenses such as CSI, Wallace and Gromit, Back to the Future, Strong Bad, and even managed to work on some of their old properties with the Sam and Max and Monkey Island games. What came after changed the company forever. Jurassic Park the game is not good by almost any measure. The characters are bland, the story is pointless and goes nowhere. The action feels out of place with the company's strengths and the technology they had available. But the game did teach the company a lot of valuable lessons about their core strengths and some of their weaknesses. Jurassic Park was Telltale's most ambitious project to date. Not only with a famous license, but was action-heavy and wanted to expand on the lore of the Jurassic Park franchise. This was, for all intents and purposes, the fourth chapter of the series at the time 
and it wanted to answer a question that no Jurassic Park fan was even asking. What happened to that can of dinosaur embryos that Dennis Nedry stole in the first film? Remember that? Yeah, I barely do either. And Telltale wanting to answer that question was a fundamental misunderstanding of the plot device itself, and therefore nobody cared about the story that Telltale wanted to tell. They forgot about their core strength, characters. The cast of Jurassic Park is basically all new to the series, and the action-heavy plot doesn't give us enough reason to care. This game was a giant mess, reviewed poorly and didn't sell well either. But what came after was the game that really did change the company forever, The Walking Dead Season 1. The Walking Dead came at the right place at the right time. The television show was quickly losing fans, ratings, and took a massive dip in quality. Plotlines were stretched out so thin and then repeated themselves that people just stopped caring about the show. Then along came the game, and having a small and personal story in that universe breathed new life into the franchise. What made that first season so special was that it's not really about the zombie apocalypse. It's more of a story of a nine-year-old girl, Clementine, and her surrogate father, Lee, and her having to learn a lot of harsh life lessons. Many of the best scenes in the series have little to do with the zombies or violence or any of the other cliches of the genre. Most famous scene is the last scene of episode five, season one. It's gonna stay bad out there until it gets better, but it will. One day, until then though, don't trust anyone. You have so much more growing up to do. People will see how small you are and try to take advantage of you. Try to get you to do things you shouldn't. I won't let them. Good. And also... What? What is it? Don't be afraid. In the years following that first season of The Walking Dead, Telltale was never quite able to recapture the same financial or even critical success. But they did spread their philosophies of character and story to other properties, such as The Wolf Among Us, Borderlands, a few more seasons of The Walking Dead, and as previously covered on this podcast, their Batman series. Telltale Games as a company may no longer be with us making games, but their employees obviously are still around, and I'm hoping that wherever they may work next, they can bring those same philosophies of story and character work to more games in the future. Thanks for listening. This Lore Party minigame is executive produced by Abu Zafar and produced by me, Michael Ferris. Check out our website at loreparty.com and check us out on Twitter and Instagram at lore underscore party. Check out our new subreddit at r slash loreparty where you can talk about the episodes or just video game lore in general. Subscribe to Lore Party in your favorite podcasting app and be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. Thank you very much for listening.